0: Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Murch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter on episode 84. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the MLB, and of course, our signature segment, Mike rules and Write That Down Predictions. But stay tuned, because after the MLB, we're going to be giving you our top five Favorite sports moments of our lifetime. I think it's going to be an exciting thing to talk about. I'm pretty pumped. Yep. But before we
1: get into that, we got to talk about the MLB because the Owners and Players Association have been going back and forth here with um, different proposals for hopefully starting play here um, by July, as the plan was. So I want to fill you in on all those details. So, first of all, just uh, over the last weekend, the players. Um, submitted a new proposal to Major League Baseball, right? And that was for a 114-game season. Um, remember, the the most recent owner's proposal was for 82 games. And then, so 114 games, so a lot more, still with full prorated salaries. Um, you should assume any Deal the players throw out there right now is going to have full prorated salaries until until we see otherwise. Some of the more interesting things about the uh, MLB or the players' proposal is it was for expanding, uh, it had for expanding playoffs for not just one season, but two seasons. So for the 2020 season, just like um, Major League Baseball had said. We're going to expand to uh, uh, 14 teams in the playoffs for 2020. The uh, players' proposal said that 14 teams for 2020 and 2021, they would want that in there, sort of as a concession for more playoff revenue for the owners, both this season and next season with the expanded playoffs. It called for a $100 million salary advance in general for the players that they would get at the start of the spring training 2.0, just because the players haven't been getting paid, since the end of spring training, or since spring training got shut down, basically. So they want a little bit of money right away just to, you know, live. So it called for $100 million across Major League Baseball, not per team by any means. Some teams don't even have $100 million payroll. $100 million across Major League Baseball. It also called for deferred salaries in the case of no playoffs. So I remember that was one of the big things the owners were concerned about, and the players too, Um, with a revenue split, is that if there's no playoffs, there's hardly any revenue. And so even with these full prorated salaries, it calls for deferring those salaries. So the players would still get them. But if there were no playoffs, um, some portion of those salaries to be negotiated wouldn't have to be paid until next season in order to um, increase the owner's cash on hand in the case that they don't get TV money for playoffs. Also interesting things it had out there is it called for more mics on players on the field as play was happening, which I assume is just a, a thing to, hey, look, if the players are on mic, your TV ratings will go up, you'll get more money, etc., cetera, et cetera. So I think that was another concession to the owners there. And then basically the Players Association said they fully expect this to be denied. Like they don't expect at, at all the owners to accept this proposal but they basically want to get something in front of the owners that they can now use in a, as a negotiating point between the owner's position and the player's position. And they can go um, go back and forth from there. What do you two think about um, the players' proposal here? I want to hear your guys' thoughts.
0: My, the biggest thing that I have with this is miking up the players. I actually heard about this being proposed in the NFL as well. If they're not going to have audiences in the crowd, that they should mic up more of the players. I, I do have a problem with that. I think that would be amazing. Uh, to be quite honest, but you got to keep in mind that on live TV, broadcasters still get fined for um, certain <laughs> words that are said <laughs> over the yep. air. So you gotta you gotta weigh in. You know, if that draws in more revenue, is that gonna offset the, the fines the FCC will levy on you know the broadcaster? But and if not, you know you you might have like a two minute delay then, right? You'll have a um, whatever that's called the delay to be able to bleep out words, right, for the censors to use. And I mean, if that's the case, you know, is your ESPN app going to be notifying you two minutes ahead of time that, you know, your team just blew a 20-point lead in 10 seconds or something? You know, something crazy like that.
2: But I mean, that would be just Yeah, that would be really tough in baseball.
1: <laughs> the, so, I, But they could use the mics instead of being live mics. They could use them a lot like football has them right now, you know, where you sometimes have one player mic'd up. And, like, coming back from commercial— you do some microphone highlights. Like they could yeah. use them like that too, which currently MLB doesn't have any of that. So they could use them like that as well, and it would wouldn't be live mics, but it would um would increase access to the players. Um, there's nothing in this, or at least in the part of the plan that announced it, said how those live mics would be u- or those mics would be used. So they wouldn't necessarily be live, but they definitely would be mic'd on the field. So uh,
2: for me, I guess I guess for me personally, like. I'm all for the players getting their money like they need they they're the ones who are actually playing baseball. They should get the money that they have signed their contracts for and deserve. Uh, But I think I'm most excited to see potentially the expanded playoffs for two years and see kind of how that format works and how it jives. uh, If I like it or not. And then it can like it can go for there from there. Obviously, it's going to be really hard to. Um, judge the abilities of these teams, uh, especially in 2020, and it might obviously impact them in 2021 as well. I don't know, how is the 114-game season going to work? Because then, obviously, they're not going to be able to have a full off season before 2021 starts.
1: Yeah, so the way the, the players pitched it, this would be this 114-game season would be played approximately June 30th through October 31st. With playoffs yeah. happening neutral sites, neutral warm weather sites in uh, November, yeah. so they basically the the play. So basically, everyone would lose approximately a month of the off season based on where a team getting eliminated would be under normal circumstances, right? So the playoffs are going to end end of November, beginning of December, as opposed to end of October, beginning of November. Regular season ends at the end of October instead of the end of September. Right. So basically, everybody loses a month. I don't think that's as big. I don't think that's that big of a problem in baseball as it is. Well, in
2: especially since they are playing a shorter season anyway, they're playing, what, 50, 48 games, 48 uh, yeah. games less. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I more. mean, 48 games less. That's a significant amount of time. What that's like? That's a month and a half, really, of baseball, pretty much.
1: Yeah, that's that's that's
2: debating all, yeah, that's, some almost off
1: two, days. that's almost two months at yeah least.
2: Ball, Ball ballpark like days. a month and a yeah. half two months depending yeah. on like a team's schedule and that's quite a bit of like miles and wear and tear on a player um, there so I guess shorter season they they might na- not need as much time to rest and recover teams will might be less banged up going into the playoffs then so I don't know'll it'll, it'll be interesting to see how Ownership and the MLB looks at this. Obviously, I agree with you that I I don't think the MLB is gonna just say, "All right, this is it. We're going with this. Like, love it. Like you you guys did a great job coming up with this." There's obviously gonna be some compromise. Well, not just some compromise, quite a bit of compromise. I feel like, but mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if they're able to figure this all out and what. A, a week or two weeks is when they yeah. wanted to start spring trainings?
1: Yeah, about a week is when – week week and a half to start spring training now. So they're running out of time.
2: Yeah, they they are time. running out of time very quickly.
1: But the good thing is some dialogue is definitely happening because this player's proposal came out um, – I think it was Sunday. And uh, then on Monday, uh, the player's – or the the owners already responded. Major League Baseball responded with a, uh, oh, we're gonna play with uh, game le- or season length. Okay, if you guys want to be paid your full prorated salary, we're gonna play a 50 game season, where the players would play their full prorated salary. So that was the counter that the league um, just put out on Monday was to play something around a 50 game season, where the players would get their full prorated salary, and then there would be that. 14-team playoff that would be earlier in the year to hope f- to hopefully guarantee that it would get in before a second wave of the virus, should there be one. Um, so there's a lot of back and forth going here. Uh, the players have not responded to that proposal as of this recording. Um, so we'll have to see what they think of that. But there's progress, right? The owners just said, okay, we'll pay you your full prorated salary depending on season length, Right. So progress is being made one way or the other here, right? They're starting to get closer together. It's making me somewhat optimistic that baseball is going to happen, but also, like we said, they're running out of time.
2: They're running out of time very quickly. Like Day by day, the situation is growing more bleak as it's growing more hopeful that there's conversation and dialogue between the two. So it's a very interesting situation. At least the two sides are talking. Um, and the players aren't, or ownership in their own regard are just completely holding out, um, because they don't think they can make headway. I think that in some regards, well, obviously the ownership wants to play. And in some regards, most of the players also want to play, but there are still a great deal of players who are also concerned about their health and safety being put on the line.
1: Oh yeah. That was the one thing I uh, forgot to mention about the players proposal, is it said that any player with a uh, pre-existing condition that would make them vulnerable to the virus could opt to not play and still get paid their salary for the year? And any player who, and just any player who didn't want to play for any reason, could choose not to play, but of course they wouldn't get paid. Uh, mm-hmm. That was also part of the players' proposal. So any player could opt out of playing this year if they want. They just wouldn't get paid if they don't have an approved. Reason to not do so. Progress is being made. There's some details to work out. Anyway, we're going to move into something that I am actually really excited about uh, that Wyatt talked about in the intro, and that is we are going to give you our the top five sports moments of our lifetime. Um, so, they, right. Basically, the top five moments of us being a sports fan that happened in our lifetime, right? So, like, I can't use the 1991 Twins World Series as a top sports moment because I, I wasn't alive yet, right? So, you have to have been alive for it. And preferably, you know, don't pick, like, something from 1998 when you were, like, two and don't really know about it. But, you know, at least I was in your there. Lifetime. I've
2: been told stories about it.
1: Yeah, so at least in your lifetime. Um, so, we're going to go round robin starting at five and working our way up to one. Who wants to lead us off?
2: Okay, but you you did say you have an honorable mention. So, I are do you have doing honorable your honorable mention. mention at the end? I'll
1: do it before I do five. So, before okay. I do my oh, five. So, my so
2: let's get our honorable mentions out of the way then. Yes, okay. I also have one of those. Okay. I do as well.
1: Okay. Kyle, you want to lead us off then?
2: Sure. So, y'all might, y'all might, uh, like, this might be in some of you, your guys' top five, but for me, it didn't make it just barely. ISU's Iowa State football's victory over top five TCU in Jack Trice in 2017, with the fans storming the field and Sweet Caroline blasting over the speakers.
1: Yep, that's definitely, definitely a very good one. Wyatt, what do you have for your honorable mention?
0: Uh, I flopped because that was going to be my honorable (laughs) mention. So, uh, I'm going to change it to the other thing that I was debating on what I wanted to talk about. But it was when David Montgomery got into the fist fight with Greg Roberts in Jack Trice Stadium. We were playing Baylor, uh, in 2018. That was just, I thought that was so absurd. It happened right in front of me. The
2: refs threw out the (laughs) wrong person. They threw out,
0: like, a, a lineman, and then he runs back on the field. The crowd goes crazy. And then David Montgomery gets walked back out, and everyone's booing again. It was just complete insanity. It was just something that really stuck in my mind.
1: Interesting. I definitely didn't think about that at all as I didn't uh, either. As being on my list. That's a really interesting one. I that is that is that was a really interesting game though. That was a that was a fun game.
2: Hundred percent. Wild game.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, my honorable mention. I'm also going with Iowa State football, but I'm going with a different uh, game. I'm going with Iowa State's win over OU in Norman. Mm. As my honorable mention. Now, this might be higher on all of your lists. The reason it's not higher for me is because, right, it was awesome at the time. Right. But right. Sort of at the time, the joy was a little bit muted because I'm like, this is a fluke. Right. The, they want They what they played really, really well once as a fluke. Iowa State football is still not good. And this was just a fluke. So that dampened my joy at the time. By a, by a significant enough amount that it didn't actually make my top five. That's why it was just an honorable mention. What do you got at five, Kyle?
2: All right, so at number five, I'm going to take it to the diamond here. 2014 AL wildcard game. The Kansas City Royals versus the Oakland Athletics, sparked by Salvador Perez's uh, late inning uh, hit that tied the game. Extra innings, sparked their wildcard run. All the way through the playoffs to the World Series.
1: Okay, i I do remember. I do remember that game. Salvador Perez has been a thorn in the Twins' side for years. Oh, he loves. Player.
2: He loves to hit against the Twins. That's yes, why you were, even though he was. I mean, nobody's like happy to see anyone get hurt, but the Twins were probably breathed a sigh of relief last year when he got injured.
1: Yeah, Salvador Perez is a heck of a player and a good guy, from all that I've seen too. So. He's a,
2: he's a
0: great guy.
1: Heck of a player. <clears throat> Quiet,
0: number so five. I want to preface my list by by saying I kind of uh, took, I, I, uh, I, I kind of molded this question into something a little bit different. It, these are some of my favorite moments of sports, but these are the ones that really stuck in my mind. So if I just had my favorite ones, it'd pretty much be a list of Iowa State and and, uh, and the Cubs. But I'm going to take it back to the gridiron. When you think of famous football plays, can you guys? Do you, you know what I'm going to say here for my Jet number five? Jet Chip here? Wasp. No, sorry. The Mark Sanchez butt you go with the butt <laughs> <fumble>. <laughs> The butt fumble. Five? <laughs> That's my number five top sports <laughs> moment of my lifetime. 2012, the Mark Sanchez butt fumble. Who doesn't love that? I love it. I'm, I'm dying
2: the- <laughs> right now. That is like left field didn't even think that would come to anyone's mind
1: surprise it's a very iconic and right th- this is a legitimate way to think about top sports moments right
2: that
1: is something about you know of excitement and sticks in your head right there are a lot of ways to say top and right that's that definitely sticks in your mind right that held the not top play on sports center for like two and a half years and yeah. then they were just like we, we have to get rid of it because it's never gonna go away on its own. So just like it's disqualified for the future. That's that's how bad that one was. That's a very good, it's a very good one. I like that one at number five. Why?
0: What do you got, Mike?
1: Yeah, number five for me uh, is one from 2019, and this one definitely won't be on any of your lists, I'm sure. But this is a uh, Minnesota Gophers over Penn State in football. Mm.
2: Mm, that, that was November, a great game.
1: That was that November 8th or 9th. So I can't read my Gopher football poster from here. November 8th or 9th of 2019. Um, Minnesota over Penn State. Um, game
2: day was there.
1: No, that was a different game.
2: Oh, oh yeah, never mind.
1: Anyway, yep. Oops. So that, that was for the Wisconsin game later in the year.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, but Minnesota over Penn State in 2019. That interception to s- seal the game. And then watching Gopher fans actually being fired up, excited about Gopher football, storming the field with the governor's victory bell, uh, the governor's victory bell getting passed around. That was an amazing moment. The only reason it didn't get end up higher on my list is because they lost two out of the next three games and didn't end up going to the Rose Bowl in that when they had a perfect opportunity to do so. It Otherwise was, it would have definitely got a lot higher on my list. It
2: was more of that like fluke that you were talking about with Iowa State. Yeah, but I don't want to call it a fluke. It, it, because, it wasn't a fluke, because, but they they had so much more potential. Yeah. But that team still finished
1: top ten in the nation, right? So that's still an incredible season. Incredible season. Anyway, that's my number. that's all of our number fives, Kyle, what do you got
2: at four? Yeah, so number four, I actually have the game that you already mentioned, Mike. The 2017 OU-ISU gridiron match in Norman, Oklahoma. ISU beats number three, OU, led by none other than our third-string quarterback, Kyle Kemp. And it was just a fantastic victory. I don't—it was— and it is the like early highlight of Matt Campbell's coaching career at Iowa State. It was that mm-hmm. statement win, the one that really kind of started to put Iowa State, I feel like, on the roadmap a little bit. That's
1: um, very, very well deserved at four. Why? what are you going to blow us away with it for?
0: i I'm um, actually going to tone it down a little bit, and I'm agreeing with Kyle. This was actually my number four as well. Iowa State beating OU at home, or uh, in Norman, not at home, it, OU's home. Uh, beating them in Norman, like like Kyle said, this was this was the spark of something great. That that was a turning point for me in my envisioning of Iowa State football as being, you know, a complete, potentially being a complete powerhouse, you know, going out and actually winning games. Because the three years previous, you know, before we had Matt Campbell, it took us three years to get six wins. And then all of a sudden, you know, we became bowl eligible and all that. And this, this win against OU really solidified the fact that Iowa State football is good. So that's why that's my number four pick.
1: Okay. All right. Number four for me, I'm going uh, to the diamond uh, for the Twins. 2009, game 163 win over the Detroit Tigers to uh, give the Twins the AL Central title. Um, That's checking in at four because, right, that was just an incredible game. Back and forth from the start, extra innings, right? Twins had the, the winning run gunned down at the plate, The Tigers had what would have been the the go-ahead run in the 11th. They had the bases loaded and one out. And Brandon Inge appeared to get hit by a pitch. Like it clipped his jersey, but the umpire didn't call it. And this is before replay, so you couldn't review it. So the Tigers had what would have been the the go-ahead run that didn't uh, happen. And then Inge lined into a double play. It was just an incredible game. The last regular season game at the Metrodome. Last regular season baseball game at the Metrodome. Because the twins were moving to Target Field the next year, just ah, oh, just watching that game and you know this is back in 2009, right? So I was 12, right? And this game goes until like 11 o'clock at night, so I'm staying up way past my bedtime, hanging on every pitch, watching this happen. 2009 Twins game, 163 at number four.
2: Should I do number three now?
1: That's that's the way it works if we're going what is- around.
2: I'm so excited. Number three, I did not expect to, to be at this event for as long as I was. 2019 Big 12 Men's Basketball Championship <laughs> powered by Phillips 66. That, that entire run through the championship was absolutely mind-boggling. Just one win after another, not expecting any of it. First game against Baylor, lost to them twice during the regular season, blew them away, and then matched up against Kansas. We crushed them, and then K-State in the finale. The Tyrese Halliburton slam over two K-State defenders was the highlight of that tournament, for sure, as well as Marielle Shayok just draining three after three to give us wins and victories. I lost my mind in that championship series.
1: That's a, that's a very good run at number three. That was that was a fun that was a very fun run.
2: It was a very special run for
0: mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So my number three is a little bit weird. Um, I mean I got a little weird mind, right? It's actually about officiating, and it might not be what you're thinking about either. My number three is in uh, 2017. It was the Oakland Raiders playing against the Cowboys. Gene Steratore on a key fourth down conversion. <laughs> Uh, potential fourth down conversion. <laughs> they pull the chains out to the middle of the field, and nobody can really see, you know, is it first down, is it not? And, and Gene comes out, looks at it, pulls out an index card, and <laughs> measures the distance between <laughs> the ball and the pole to then give the Cowboys the first down, which was the start of their drive to win the game. Oh,
2: the note kind. <laughs> I loved it. I... I figured when you were going with officiating, I knew I knew it was either the note card or it was the coin that didn't flip <laughs> in the <laughs> NFC championship game. That was just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the
1: note card. Wyatt, I love your list. Your list is definitely the most unconventional and is making us laugh the most. That's awesome.
0: I do my That's best.
1: A, that is a great list. That was a great moment. Um, Mike, what's number, th- number
0: three.
1: Yeah. Number three for me, I'm going to the ice. We are going with hockey. Um, me 2004 um, first round of the Western Co- or 2014 sorry first round of the Western Conference playoffs game seven Wild at Avalanche um, and this game was just back and forth right Colorado would take a two goal lead and Minnesota would tie it up and then Colorado took another two goal lead at 4-2 and then Minnesota tied it up and then Colorado scored with like three minutes left to make it 5-4 Colorado. And then the Wild scored with, like, less than two minutes left to tie it up and send it to overtime. And then five minutes into overtime on a two-on-one breakaway, Nino Niederreiter. I love that shelf, guy's name! Top shelf over Simeon Varlamov to send the Avalanche home and send the Wild to the next round of the playoffs. I remember sitting on the, sitting in the living room with my dad, and we just exploded off the couch enjoy and celebration when that went in and then my sister yelled at us for being too loud while she was trying to sleep but oh it was just incredible the this, this celebration oh it was just incredible nino niederreiter in overtime 2014 western conference
2: playoffs yeah that, i i can imagine the excitement there so then number two number two on my list another game where i stayed up way later than i should have or, and well, just in general, the entire 2015 Royals World Series victory, but especially Game 1 highlighted by that Alex Gordon ninth inning game-tying home run to send it into extras, which the Royals eventually won in 14 innings. It was like 2.30 or something, some odd hour in the morning. I was still up watching that game. That was, su- that was such a fun World Series victory after losing it the previous year to pretty much Madison Bumgarner.
1: So two comments on that. First of all, wow, the World Series victory is not number one. But I guess then we all know what number one has to be for Kyle, right? And second of all, I remember you the next, the next morning, or the next – I can't remember if it was the next day in class or at band, just how exhausted you were after staying up so late for that game.
2: That I think was- I fell asleep in the 12th inning. <laughs> And like maybe the bottom of the thirteenth, but I was up for the actual like victory. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah,
1: that was a heck of a World Series. The Orioles were just a team of destiny that year. It seemed like why would he got it two?
0: So my number two is the Iowa State Cyclones playing in Memphis against the Memphis Tigers and then winning the 2017 Liberty Bowl. That was huge for two reasons. One, it was really cold and I wanted to leave. And <laughs> <laughs> two, we won. You know, this was the first the first bowl win for Iowa State since 2009. This was the first year that like as, as 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 a cyclone, me being a cyclone, we were actually bowl eligible traveling to a bowl game with with the marching band. Like it was it was huge. That was massive for me. And so the celebration at the end with the 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 stage crumbling underneath the weight of all the players and it was just, ugh, it was awesome. And then Marchie coming up and directing the band at the end of the game, that was just, that was that's huge for me. I thought that was an amazing time.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was something that would definitely be in my top ten if we extended this out. To yep,
2: 10. That game for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: But it did not,
1: uh, did not get number five for me. Oh, uh, in the top five for me, number two is a game that has actually already been mentioned by both of you, and that's Iowa State's win over TCU. Uh, in Jack Trice Stadium over top five TCU. Now the reason that's so high for me is is two reasons, right? First of all, remember how I said the over Oklahoma was only an honorable mention because I thought it was just a fluke. That went over TCU a couple weeks later. was like, no, this is for real. Iowa State is here, right? They were bo- they were actually bowl eligible. That was the sixth win. They were actually bowl eligible for the first time. The fans storming the field, right? And second of all it's the only one here in my top five personnel mentioned that I was actually physically at. Right. And actually being there for the environment, right. Was huge. Right. And that, that's why it got higher than higher on the list for me, which is being there for it and watching them storm the field and playing for like an hour after the game until we eventually we told we had to stop because the fans wouldn't leave the field if we kept playing. So we just had to stop. So they would leave. (laughs) It was just incredible. Just incredible.
2: So you guys already uh, kind of ventured a guess. Or not ventured a guess, but you kind of know what's coming with this one. I know what it is. So uh, it happened this year, and (laughs) they had my heart like just pounding the entire postseason. And I lost probably several years off my life due to this whole thing. Uh, But the 2020 Chiefs Super Bowl, and in our... Next episode, when we do our uh, top five, like most frustrating sports events, you will hear many reasons why this was finally such a relief for the Chiefs to get to this pinnacle moment, um, and it was just so exciting after the entire postseason and how much drama they went through. So that's that's number one on my list.
1: Yeah, that's. Sounds- Plus, see, I, I was inter- in a
2: room full of 49ers fans watching the game. It made it huh. just that much sweeter. Yeah.
1: I was I was really interested to see where you were going to put the Super Bowl and World Series, which one was going to be one and which one was going to be two. I,
2: I think I did the Chiefs first, mainly because it was the most recent. Like, the World Series has had its time to, like, sink in and settle down, and now the Royals are garbage again. So, yeah. It's just hey. – But in a fifty-game season,
1: they could make the playoffs. They could be really good in fifty games. A lot of a lot of fluky things can happen in a fifty-game baseball season. So, especially a fourteen-team playoff in a fifteen-game baseball, a fifty-game baseball season. If that's what happens, who knows? Who knows? Anyway, I think I know where you're going with one for sure, Wyatt.
0: Yeah, that's probably not a hard one to uh, to foresee. Uh, Mine is definitely the game seven win. Um, Of the 2016 World Series that shot the Cubs out of the most losing team, not the most losing team, but the team with the longest history of not winning the World Series into World Series champions. It was amazing. We broke the 108 year streak. My lovable losers turned into the lovable winners. And it was amazing. I remember standing on top of the chair in 83-11 watching the game. And, you know, as soon as uh, there was an infield grounder to end the game, uh, Chris Bryant fielded it. As soon as he got the ball in his glove, you can see his face light up. Everything just kind of slowed down as he throws the ball over. Anthony Rizzo catches it, gets the out at first, and that's the end of the game. And the Cubs just won. Like, holy crap! It, that, that was, like, the mo- definitely the number one sports moment of my life.
1: Yeah, I remember watching that game with Kyle and, Kyle and Josh in my corner. Yeah. Right? That was... That was, like, just as didn't care, really, between the Cubs and the Indians, that was just an incredible game, too. Like, even, I can imagine, like, that would just be on my list of most memorable games, like, without fandom involved. And, like, to be a Cubs fan there, I can, yeah, that I can definitely see why that's number one. I don't, I don't have a championship for any of my teams to put number one on my list. Can any of <laughs> you see where I'm going with my... My number one, I think you probably should.
2: No? Maybe. I don't know for sure. There's I, there's I a, a few options left on the table still. Oh, wait. I know where you're going because I have a video of this and I can't post it anywhere because <laughs> of how many bleeps I'd have to put in it. It would just be bleeped the entire time through.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> Did I get it right?
1: Yes. The, the Minneapolis Miracle uh, catch from Stefan Diggs. There aren't any bleeps in that video. I knew you. Were recording. Yeah, there are. No, they're not. No, they're not. I, I, I knew you were recording, so I watched my language. Uh,
2: no, I'll l- send the go find again. that video.
1: Go find that video again. Go find that. I video- know I
2: can't post it to the eighty-three eleven cast Instagram because. I, I mean, some of those might have been me. Though. <laughs> uh, yeah, it <laughs> might have all been white, actually.
1: <laughs> I don't think any of them were me. <laughs> anyway, yeah, definitely the Minneapolis Miracle game that Stefan Diggs catch. I remember seeing him catch the ball, and I'm just screaming, Get out of bounds! Get out of bounds! Because I presumed there was somebody in between him and the end zone, right? So I wanted him to get out of bounds so he could go kick, try to kick the game winning field goal. But then he just kept running, and I'm like, Wait, there's nobody there! He's going to score. Don't go out of bounds now. <laughs> oh, it was incredible. I remember just running around. Eight, I was standing on the chair in 83-11 before that play. And I remember just oh running around the apartment. And Kyle was recording. Oh, it was fantastic. That was a
2: huge yeah, call. Yeah, it was
1: miracle. Number one for That me. was
2: a crazy game. Like, honestly, one of the most crazy games without fandom. Yeah. Like, involved do, really yeah. for me.
1: The Vikings dominated up until the fourth quarter of that game, too, and then the Saints came back before the Vikings won it.
2: Can yeah, I can I throw a curveball and another honorable mention without fandom? Sure, what do you got? So the uh, – is it 2017 or 2016? I think it – 2017, maybe. The uh, showdown between – Uh, Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes. Baker Mayfield's first time back after he had transferred from Texas Tech uh, playing for Oklahoma. They combined for over uh, 1,708 yards of total offense um, with Mahomes having 819 total yards himself and Baker Mayfield having 564. And then between the two of them, they had 12 total touchdowns. Just an absolute, like, offensive performance on the field. And I watched that entire game. It was nuts. Just up and down. It was a track meet.
1: Yeah, that was a good game, too. I remember that. I remember that. So, oh. those, that just got me excited. That get, that's me, gets me wanting sports back.
2: Oh, I'm so giddy for, like, more sports moments like that. And not necessarily, like, 66 to 59 or, like, some miraculous heave that ends up in the end zone or whatnot, but like just sports in general to Mm. get that feeling of like fandom, you you're pulling for your team. You're always like sitting down, ready to watch the game and ready to go. I need that. I need that back. Mm -hmm. 100%. And the one thing that makes the sports world go
0: around is rules. And with that, we're going to turn it over to Mike to Bring us this week's edition of Mike's Stupid Rules, which I think is a little bit special. Is that, is that true, Mike?
1: It is going to be a little bit special because we are going to have a trivia edition of Mike's Stupid Rules. So okay. now, before I don't want to, I don't want to see you hear any keyboard clicking or not for either of you two here before once I say the topic. So don't be keyboard clicking. So the way it's going to work is we're going to go back and forth between the two of you you're going to have to give me the events in this uh, in this category and whoever gets the most of them wins okay so first of all for who's going to go first i got a number behind my back 1 or 2 Kyle 1 2 why you're going to go first
2: probably a bad thing but all right okay
1: thing the thing you got to give me you have to give me events in the olympic decathlon
0: the decathlon
1: the decathlon 10 oh, 10 really? of the decathlon what? 10
0: so is it something where like i can i guess something and if i'm wrong i'm just done
1: nope nope, nope. so we'll go back we'll go back and forth and okay. tell you guys get all 10 or give up okay and then um, whoever has the most at the end wins and i'll be keeping track here between wyatt and kyle
0: can i just is running is that too broad Running? running
1: is too broad. Yes, Dang I need specific. <laughs> I need specific track and field events.
0: Oh no! <laughs> um,
1: uh, relay. That's not specific enough. Dang it!
2: Um, uh, shot put.
1: Shot put. Correct. Wyatt gets one point for shot put. Kyle.
2: Hundred meter dash.
1: Hundred meter dash. Yes, that is correct. Discus. Discus, yes. Wyatt is correct on discus. Kyle.
2: Is hurdles too broad?
1: Hurdles is too broad. I need a distance if you're going to go hurdles.
2: Uh, how about... Uh, let's actually just go with pole vault.
1: Pole vault, yes. Kyle is correct on pole vault. Wyatt? You better than I thought you would. What was that? Javelins. Javelin, yes. Wyatt well, is correct on Javelin. All right.
2: 100-meter hurdles.
1: 100-meter hurdles, yes. <laughs> that that is correct for Kyle. Um, that is 6 out of 10 already. Four more to go.
0: That's 6? The Did they do, like, a 200 relay?
1: No 200-meter relay. That is incorrect. Kyle? Uh,
2: 2 by 1... Or, no, 4 by 100.
1: There is no 4 yeah. by 100 meter relay. You guys are. Decathlon is an individual event. Stop guessing relay. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> um,
0: is there a. The 1200 meter thing? There's they run not a bunch?
1: 1200 is that, meter that, run. No,
0: 1200 Oh, it's the. Oh, dang it.
1: Kyle, what do you got?
2: Uh, oh, gosh. Um. The fourteen hundred meter, right? That's that's a that's a mile, right? Fourteen hundred meter.
1: Sixteen hundred no. meters is approximately. Or sixteen hundred meter.
2: Sixteen hundred meter.
1: But no, has no sixteen hundred meter. Eight hundred. There's no eight hundred. No <laughs> I'll give you. Uh, no, nope, Kyle's got to guess one more, and then I'll give you both hints. Thirty-two
2: hundred.
1: There is no thirty-two no.
2: hundred meter.
1: Alright, uh, gives you guys hints. So there are two more running events you just don't have the distances right for and there are two ooh, more ooh, I, got it, I got it. I got it. I got it. turn. Fly turn. And there are two more what would be considered field events. Why uh, so
0: one of the field events is the I forget what it's called. The the jumping one. The like the free jump. Not not like the pole vault thing, but like the, you run the 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 height distance jump thing.
1: The high you described the, the, the high jump.
0: The high jump, yeah. The high
1: jump is correct.
2: <laughs> Triple jump.
1: Triple jump is incorrect. There is long jump. 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 The decathlon. That's, that's Kyle, it is not say. your turn. You guessed twice. Why yeah.
0: Turn? yeah, the sand one. The long jump one. We jump yes. in the sand. Dang yes. it! It's <laughs> pretty Very much triple good. jump anyway.
1: Alright, you got the two field events. Now there are two more track events.
0: I don't know any track events. That's why I'm, I'm struggling. Steeplechase? No. Dang it. Thousand meter. That's not a thing, but...
1: No, nope, not the 1,000 meter. Kyle?
0: Uh, I don't know. Uh, he... Okay, so can I ask a question? Yeah. Did, did Kyle already say 100 meter dash? Yes. Yeah, 100, that 100 was 100 in dash,
2: there. That be best. Uh, this is wild. Kyle? I don't, I don't have any more guesses. I'm running out of running events. Uh,
1: running you want events? a
2: hint? Yeah. yeah. How long
1: is one lap around the track?
2: 400 meter. 400 meter dash.
1: Yes. Oh, we didn't say that? Oh, 400 day.
2: meters. Oh, oh we said the correct. 400 meter relay. Yeah, you,
1: yeah yes. that's, that's what right I, I said. That. That's yeah. Delays,
0: that's why I wasn't so. thinking about it. All
1: right. There's one more left. And Kyle was very, very close to it earlier.
0: Wyatt, what's your guess?
2: Close to it earlier? What? Well, when I said steeplechase? No. Uh, 4,800.
1: Kyle, it is Wyatt's turn. Stop
0: taking Wyatt's turn. Is that even divisible by 400? I, I can't do mental math. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, obviously. <laughs> 4,800 meter dash. <laughs> no,
1: that is incorrect.
2: <laughs> 9,600.
1: You were very, very close to it. You are getting very, very much farther away from it, Wyatt. Uh need to get you one more gas, otherwise, I'm just going to tell you and Wyatt wins.
0: So. Okay. Uh, 200 meter dash.
1: Nope, not the 200 meter dash. Kyle, your last chance to tie it up, otherwise, Wyatt wins.
2: 300-meter dash.
1: <laughs> no. It's actually the 1,500-meter dash. Oh, what? They actually, oh, don't they, to... go a full, they actually don't go a full 1,600 meters in the decathlon. Uh, it's actually a 1,500-meter
2: dash. Dang
1: it. So now you know the events of the decathlon. I'll just give you a little bit more of the, the rules background, right, since it is a rules segment. Um, so I, they do those 10 events over the course of two days, So the 100-meter dash, discus, pole vault, javelin, and the 400-meter are all done on the first day. And then the 100-meter hurdles, long jump, shot put, high jump, and the 1500-meter are all done on the second day. Um, As far as as placing goes and scoring, right, because you can't just, you know, like add up the times and stuff, right, because four of the events are timed and the rest of them are, you know, like distance events, like how high did you jump or how far did you jump, Right. So essentially what they have is they have a formula that I'm not um, going to describe in complete detail um, because, like, it's very complicated. But essentially, right, there's a formula that um, they use to convert your time or distance into a score, right? So you you get a score basically um, for each event based on your time or distance, and then you're ranked according to that score, and then whoever has the highest score at the end of 10 events wins. That is how it works.
0: Nice. I like it.
1: hmm
0: Cool. And with that, that was a fun segment, let's finish out the episode strong by putting up some more things on our Write That Down Predictions board, because we have nothing to take off of this week, unless I'm mistaken
1: we do not have anything to take off it.
2: All right, Kyle, you want to go and lead us off? Yeah, so this is going to be interesting. Bear with me here. So Patrick Mahomes will be the first NFL player with a contract that includes a portion of the NFL revenue share. I mean Wait.
1: Wait. So is that basically saying that Patrick Mahomes' contract will say his compensation is X percentage of the chief salary cap,
2: you yeah, the, there will be a clause in there where a portion of it will, like, a, a single portion any portion of the contract will be X percent of like the NFL salary cap, most likely in like bonuses and stuff like that.
1: Interesting, so that would definitely be the first contract of its kind. You said that Ever. In the prediction.
2: Yep.
0: yeah,
1: yeah, um, boy.
0: I mean, if it is going to happen, I can totally see it happening to Patrick Mahomes. That I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, but that, I don't know that's, how. That's an
1: interesting how. way to do quarterback contracts, right? Because essentially, it probably saves you a little bit of money at the beginning of the
2: deal, right? Mm-hmm. And then it backloads it for sure.
1: Right. It, well, it saves you money as a percentage of the salary cap at the beginning, right? Because right yep. now, quarterback contracts work, right? Every new free agent quarterback gets the biggest deal in NFL history, right? Which is mm-hmm. worth the largest percentage of the cap at the beginning because the NFL salary cap keeps going up. So it's a very interesting way to do a contract with always being the same percentage of the salary cap, or approximately so. That's interesting. What do we give it for a basis, though? I have no idea.
0: That's what I'm wondering. I mean, I don't think it's. I came up obviously... with something to stump you guys. You can't give it a single, and you can't give it a home run. I don't think.
1: Boy, I'm thinking triple, just because that's so unheard of, and I haven't even had heard any rumblings that that's a possibility.
0: So yeah, I would agree with the triple, just based on the criteria. I mean, I can't give it a single. and I don't think I can give it a home run. So, and it's not a double, so I'm gonna go with a triple as well.
2: And really, it's not well, that big to- of a it's not that big of a rumbling right now. Anyway, some person just like threw it out there, saying, "What if?"
1: That'd be very interesting. I don't know if that's even allowed under the current collective bargaining agreement. That's interesting. Hmm. I'll have to think about that more. That's really interesting. I like it. Anyway, I can't spend time thinking about it now because we have to finish this podcast. Um, My prediction is that I'm going to be the downer of the group, and I'm going to predict that there will be no Major League Baseball in 2020.
2: there's gonna be baseball but I'm leaning towards a double because I feel like they're still a long way off in their agreement
0: it's gonna be one of those things where next week somebody's gonna get a kick in the butt and then all of a sudden we're gonna have baseball I mean I think that's gonna happen I'm not gonna say it's a home run that is completely outlandish because it's certainly possible but I would be comfortable with a triple
2: Mm. Mike what were you hoping for
1: I was hoping for a triple on that one
2: I don't know I'm really on the fence with the double because I'm I'm on I, I don't uh, think it's likely uh, in like not right.
0: even close
1: I think eventually right the reason I was thinking triple instead of double right is because right eventually the players and owners have to realize how damaging it would be for the game of baseball.
2: Yeah, to not to play, have no baseball. to not
1: or, play because there's squabbling over money with the current economic situation in the country. To not have baseball when you've got basically millionaires and billionaires squabbling over money would be incredibly damaging to the game of baseball. And I think eventually somebody's going to realize that, and that's why there's going to be baseball. Yeah. That's why I was thinking triple instead of.
2: Double. All right, I'll, I'll concede.
0: Sounds
1: good. That is a triple.
0: <clears throat> why now? I. Got? I really want baseball to happen. I'm going to say that Javier Baez uh, for the Cubs is going to hit a home run in his first game of the season. Uh,
1: okay, not necessarily the first home run for the Cubs, but just sometime in the first game. Yeah. I'm thinking that's probably a triple as well. Yeah. Because, right? Yeah, I'm willing to say that's a triple.
2: I'd that's agree I with, with, that. with that.
0: So. you fine with that, Why? Yeah, that's what I was going for. I wanted three triples, so we could do the the triple, triple, triple thing. Sweet.
2: Well, you didn't know mine would be a triple.
0: (laughs) I mean, I looked at it, and I already had that rationale in my head of what I thought it was going to be. But it was kind of at the mic. Do we have anything from Josh this week?
1: We do not. Josh, uh, I asked Josh, and he said no prediction for him this week, so...
0: That's alright. Good to know he's alive and well. And with that, with our three triples that we just put up on the board, that concludes our Write That Down prediction segment, which concludes this episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 84 of the 8311 cast. Be sure to tune in next week for episode 85. Uh, Check us out on Instagram at 8311cast, and drop us a line on our contact page at 8311cast. fireside.fm slash contact. Uh, Signing off for the 8311 cast, we have your hosts Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. will talk to you next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.